0: Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. Uh, It's episode 2,569. If you're adding it to episodes of all of the plants that have got forests involved, I don't know. Um, I've kind of lost track of the numbers. It's not as many as it should be because we've all been busy and having lives and stuff like that. Uh, But we are here today to talk to you in the middle of the week about Nottingham Forest playing the, the boys from Aston. If that, I'm sure it's a place. Uh, the villains, the uh, the the lions rampant, whatever you might want to call them, and they came to the city grounds. Uh, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go completely bonzai. I could only do. Um, I went see my first ever game was England versus Republic of Ireland at Wembley in about 1991 or something, and we got a T-shirt like them skanky T-shirts you get outside grounds, and it said they came from the Emerald Isle looking for glory, but they looked in the wrong place. And that's the same for Aston Villa. They came looking for glory in a continuation of their goals and stuff, and they looked in the wrong place. Don't look by the trend if you're looking for your glory. Um, Not on that Saturday, anyway. I've rambled, but you know what else do you expect from the Forever Forest podcast? Uh, Joining me today are two fine young gentlemen. Um, It's quite the image to see here. It's like a a reunion of take that. I don't know what that even means. Uh, But uh, on the top left-hand corner of my screen, I have the wonderful uh, Jamie Martin. Hello, Jamie. How are you, sir?
0: I'm not too bad. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And uh, take that. which member of Take That would I be if I well, was one of them?
1: Looking at Kieran, he's going to have to be, um, what do you call it, Howard, Mark. just because he's got Ooh, the yeah. longer hair. Oh, yeah, Mark's got the longer hair. Yeah. And he says he's, he calls himself a wee fellow, Kieran. So maybe you have to be Mark. So who do you want to be? Do you want to be Jason Orange, plays the guitar? No,
0: Francis? I kind of want to be like, I kind of want to be Gary Barlow, but then my mum would kind of hate me. So I don't yeah. know. I think everyone would hate me.
1: There's a quote right there. I want to be Gary Barlow. <laughs> so, uh, and here he is uh, joining us as well, the Mark Owen for Nottingham Forest supporters. It's Kieran Curtis. How are you doing, mate?
2: I'm good, mate. Glad not to be Tory. Tory Gary Barlow. Uh, <laughs> I will. I will take. <laughs> I will take anyone but Gary Barlow.
1: Wow, well, a bit of politics involved straight away from the tricky trees here. So, uh, yeah. So we're all in higher spirits. Um, I mean, there is a thing with podcasts, isn't it, of like, you know, do you do these things when you win? Because I'll tell you what, it wouldn't have done that as far as pod back when we started doing it and when Alan was doing it and that with his times. So it must have been some real... I found a thing for the radio the other day when I'm talking to... Um, I'm talking to someone on BBC Radio Nottingham, and I am just fuming. Remember when Joe Worrell had come out and had a right go when we was in the championship and was struggling and saying no one really turned up? And I was thinking, God, when was that from? And things have changed slightly, but... Uh, Jamie, Forrest play Villa, a side that I generally didn't expect to get anything out of, by the way, they're firing and now emery has got them going and this seems to score tons of goals every game. Uh, Give me your surmise of what you thought pre-game. What were you expecting out of the Reds coming to that
0: game? Um, I kind of had like two thoughts of what I'd expect. Um, I had one thought that said if we go defensive and we just allow them to attack, they're just going to press us all the way into our own box and just, score as many goals as they can and they will they have done that with teams um <clears throat> but the other part of me thought you know what it's a sunny day on the trend,
1: <laughs> sorry that right? really made me
0: laugh. it's it's a sunny day I've just got a good right. feeling about this and I thought right. you know what I think we're. and I looked at that team sheet and I thought that's a good team that and I think you know what we can give it so... and if we really really put it to Villa and say look this is how we're going to play against you. We're not just going to let you do this high line and take advantage. You know, we're gonna we're gonna give it to you in our own way, uh, an attack. Then I, th- I thought I thought we'd be all right maybe get a point, but I didn't expect a two 0 win. You know, that that kind of oh. yeah, that kind of shocked me. But no complaints here.
1: Kira, before I come to you, I'm just gonna and uh, uh, Jamie, there is. I've just realised I've become that person when I was a younger man, and you get them old sweatsuits seen forest since the fifties. going, I'll tell you what, you've seen this since that day and all this kind of stuff. I'll tell you when was a sunny day. May the 1st, 1993, uh, when Brian Clough uh, was his last ever game. We got relegated for Sheffield United. So the sun can uh, can go fuck itself because it doesn't mean anything. But at the same time, I like I like your outlook. Kieran, how do you feel about the sunny day and what do you think pre-match?
2: Oh, mate, it was... Um, I-, I had a good feeling before the game as well, but I had a good feeling on the basis that we're Nottingham Forest. We do drop points against teams that we shouldn't and we pick them up against teams that we shouldn't. It's who we are. It's what we do. And the stage was set for another Cooper miracle. If, if the rumours are to be believed that he was suddenly fighting for his job again. Uh, it was primed for him that game. Aston Villa coming in overconfident against a side that will consistently punch up That is generally what we do as a club. There was no doubt in my mind that we could come out of the game with three points. I would have settled for one, um, but absolutely delighted with how well it came together. The thing that really is giving me some hope is that we've now got this second wave of players. Like all last year, it was about, is Brennan going to score? Is Morgan Gibbs-White going to get a couple? Is Tywo going to find his feet in the league? Now we're looking at right back scoring from the edge of the box because everyone else has already pushed the defence back a bit and we're creating space for other players to come on to and now we've got the confidence for them to actually go onto that space rather than being camped on the halfway line waiting for the inevitable counterpunch. Things are good. People need to chill out when these moments like Luton happen and just let the season unfold. Oh, Rant really? over.
1: <laughs> Welcome really? back. <laughs> Luton took me a long time to get over. I felt like a proper Mardi ass. I felt like it was like when well, I was a kid with a Forester loss, I couldn't handle it and then I had to get used to it. But and it, and it, it wasn't just because of the Luton thing, I just think I know how precious this league is for getting points, you know. And like you say, when you don't beat certain teams that you would expect to probably do better against, that's the, the nice way of putting it, you do put pressure on yourself to have to turn over teams that are doing well. I mean, if they'd have won, they'd have been third, I think. So, um. Jamie, we don't ever try and go too deep into the tactics of what it is, but I did find it quite interesting the way um, I think Dia Dublin was talking about it on the day too, and how high Villa were actually pressing that. Really, is there a this is my little uh, little curly question in a way? Should Forrest have won that by five 0
0: Yeah, and do you know why actually there is a this was the only criticism I had of Forrest on the day because I don't like to talk about the bad things because it's just a good thing and you should just be happy and smile and go on to the West Ham on Sunday. But in reality, we had a lot of good ideas and we made a few passes that actually, if it had just been a couple of seconds earlier or, you know, a second or two later, could have been different outcomes. And in their high line, I think we could have actually exposed a little bit better because we've got fast players on the wings. I don't I don't know about Morgan on the wing necessarily for fast players, but, you know, Elanga um, specifically on the left-hand side, you could see that Sangari had tried a few things and Aina had tried a few things, you know, with kind of the, the switch in play. Um, But we just couldn't get the timing right on that, which was at the time frustrating. But then looking back, obviously, I don't really I don't really care because it's like, well, we've won the game. But that would be my only kind of slight criticism of it. Kieran?
2: How are you going to criticise us for that, though? Seriously, look at the lino. He doesn't even trust VAR to do its job anymore. We could have had three goals just from the lino letting play carry on. And then VAR pointing out that, no, the liner was wrong because Taiwo wasn't offside on at least two of them. And one of them definitely wasn't a foul either. Uh, The Nico challenge on... uh, Nico, so I'm calling him Nico as well. We've got two, haven't we? Uh, The Dominguez challenge on the edge of the box. Never a foul. Never a foul. And if I was Taiwo, I probably would have just carried on, stuck the ball in the net and Mm. made them at least think we should have a look at VAR here. But but Uh, that's...
1: Football's now becoming a thing with it. I mean, I I get really pissed with this now with this linesman thing because it's. I feel like I've never never thought for a minute it's an easy job, right? Whether you play Sunday league or you're playing, you know, like mid links league. I played as a kid. You know, and people's dads having to go as being a ref, or you know, we once actually El- uh, Elton, no, Bernie Torpin, Elton John's uh, songwriting brother. He's one of my ex's dads and he's a referee in the Lincolnshire League and it's, it's like you get these proper refs, come, on, but it's never an easy job but I do think so much of this is now being passed where what's the linesman's actual job now to do is it like just I won't put it up I think it was offside but I'll put it up when you actually touch it it feels like in ice hockey you know that advantage thing whereas if it's gone beyond the line you can actually then touch it so it, I just feel like it's never going to change and us three talking about it here ain't going to do a thing about it but I feel Alan Shearer has gone on about it a lot on the podcast to listen to with him where he's saying no one knows what the handball rule is in a minute. No one knows what that is. That could just yeah. be, you know, lap of the gods, couldn't it, really? And no one really seems to know really what offside is. Is it your shoulder? Is it your leg? Is it whatever? And the linesmen are doing whatever. I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing you normally blame about when you're losing. And Jamie, do you know, what? I, I agree with you and agree with you, Kieran, because when you've won, You feel like you're being a boo boy for being all like, oh, bloody hell, this was my niggle with it. But that's reality. That's called having your feet on the ground. And when you win and you're aiming at the old, yeah, but this might happen, people think you're nuts as well. So you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But overall with the, you know, let's have a little bit of a side bend on that one, Jamie. What do you think about the way that they do this stuff with the line and stuff? Because I I, I just don't understand what the benefit of it is. I know it's trying to continue play, but it just seems to make all the crowd angry for at least one half of the crowd where people are putting the line up ages later.
0: Yeah, I don't get it. I think that obviously, you know, if you're waiting for a player to touch it, so it's like officially offside, then okay, you know. But then when they've touched, because there was an instance where he touched it many moments before and then let him run and then put his flag up. I'm thinking, well, you know, you might want to have a more exciting job and, you know, rustle a few feathers and stuff, but that's not how it should be. As soon as they're offside, put your flag up and leave it that. Don't do it early. Don't do it late. Do it when it happens. And I think that... Uh, they were really, really getting on my nerves. And, and Kieran, I do absolutely agree with you, by the way, because I think that my point was more, there was a couple of times where maybe we could have, despite the lino, mm. but then there was a lot of times where you think, free kick on the edge of the box. No, it wasn't. You know, the offside where, I don't know if you saw the graphic for it, where they drew the line for the offside. And I'm like, yeah,
1: that's not a, a straight way. line.
0: That's well, a That's a diagonal line. And from the angle it looked to me, if we're going to go off how precise it is and how everyone else does it, I thought that Pau Torres has shoulder-keptile on for an offside. But then the lines were wrong like that.
2: I'm never going to argue with the technology because the technology is right. The technology side of it is right. It's only human intervention and application that is getting it wrong. So the lines, I'm not going to argue with it. The United fans that were arguing with the uh, one at Arsenal earlier this season absolutely saw their ass trying to argue that that line's not straight. It's just perspective. The computer is getting... It's like when people complain about offside when they're playing FIFA. The computer has got that. Like That's just... There's no dispute there. It's just clarity now. I And I I maintain, and I've said it multiple times on this podcast, I'm all for the technology. We just have to iron out how we apply it. And Mm. the sooner we bring in someone from rugby and the implementation of that for decades, Mm. that has the experience and actually brings it over... Let's chat about. Oh, let's get an ex professional in, in the room. Yeah, let's add one more voice to the mix that's uh, definitely yeah, not get... Matters at all. Let's like, get Danny no...
1: Mills in there. Danny Mills will yeah. sort it out. Yeah, let's
2: just, let's just get a grown up that's implemented a system like this before and kick on. Something does need to be done in the meantime, though, because as it stands, uh, the, the effect it is having on games is um. Detrimental in some cases, but footballs a soap opera. Are you not entertained? Like we're still look at us. Like we're spending a Wednesday night uh, chatting to each other about stuff that happened at the weekend. It, clearly, we're all bought in anyway, and it's giving us something to rant about rather than a horrible, horrible nine to fives.
1: Exactly. And uh, you know I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, one thing I think I do like doing with this pod in particular is seeing people's faces when I make a twist on what we're going to do. So rather than going through, we've done it before we've gone, what do you think about the defence? What do you think about the keeper? What do you think about this area? And sometimes it could be a bit woolly as a podcast to listen to. And I'm sure there's people who are who into the pod and listen to it are thinking, I want to know. I don't know why you'd want to know my opinion, but, you know, people just do and they like the way we do it. But, Jamie, I'm going to change it up a bit. I'm going to give you the the reins, as it were. I want you to pick a player that you like to talk about. Um, you don't. We don't have to discuss it afterwards. It could just be, I mean, not like Alex Mighton or someone. Pick somebody who played in the game. That'd be nice. Um, but just like, yeah, if you pick someone who stood out for you or somebody you'd like to make a special notice to. And we'll call it Jamie Martin's magic moment. And away we go.
0: Ooh, OK. Um... What is it's tough. I'm just I'm gonna go for Allahina. Okay. Arlorena.
1: Special. And why? What 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 did you think in particular? I mean, obviously, apart from the, a really beautiful, succinct side of the foot into the bottom corner, which I thought was going to go over the West Bridgeford. But <laughs> I think we all did because it was a fullback and a shot that wasn't Stuart Pierce. But well, what, what did you think about the performance in general and, and what stood out for those who might have said, I think somebody else should have been man of the match or something like that? What was it that, that was the nuances for you?
0: I mean, yeah, the goal was a massive one, but the the decisive tackles is what really excites me because when Aston Villa got in those really dangerous areas inside our 18-yard box, he was always there to to put in a tackle and, you know, not like a kind of like little, you know, kind of poke at it. He was proper sliding in there, perfect accuracy. And, and most of the time he would beat his man, you know, in those areas. And that's what you want from defenders because I never feel worried when he makes a tackle in our box. I always feel assured when he's got the ball at his feet. And that's what you want from any player and especially a fullback. And, um, you know, for me, I just think that the way he carries himself, the way he tracks his man uh, and makes the run in his positional awareness is fantastic. Uh, and obviously the pace and the things that he adds going forward is, um, you know, it's, it just shows how all round his game is. So yeah, he's a, he's a very all round player for me, Ole and on a free transfer, I just can't, I can't stop raving about him because he's absolutely brilliant. And I think he's been so consistent this season. He's been brilliant.
1: No, I agree with you full heart. This is a nice guy as well. Kieran, uh, what about you? Who are you going to pick? You can not pick the same player, but it'd be a bit weird.
2: I'm going the other side of the pitch. Harry Toffolo, mate. Yes. Two assists. Has grabbed his opportunity with both hands. He was chucked in to the Lewis O'Brien deal like a Happy Meal toy. And it's taken him a season, but boy, is he coming good. There's uh there's there's something to be said now for um, how we go about recruitment because the Morgan Gibbs White deal looks huge, the uh, Sangare deal looks huge, the Brennan Johnson sale looks huge. There's value to be had. We don't need to be racking up huge debts. We don't need to be one of these clubs that pushes ourselves to the absolute brink. Um, if we if we're smart and we're cute about it and keep getting some of the deals that we have over the line. And we've got someone like Cooper who can bring the best out of people and, you know, maybe give them the time they need in some cases. It's why it's redundant looking at the league and demanding that we be 10th because if you allow these players to grow over time, we will reach those highs. We will. Um, But we have to trust the process. And Harry Toffolo is, uh, yeah, the talisman for trusting the process for me at the minute. He, He looked great. And so calm, so measured. What's that? How many assists has he got now this season? I I can think of oh, three it's off the a top of my head. I can
1: think of four maybe already. I think yeah. I yeah, assume. there was the
2: there was the Chris Wood header uh, <laughs> where where he whipped one in after coming on as a sub, and then both of them at the weekend. Yeah, he's just got great game management and is watching the attackers like Taiwo makes a huge difference, doesn't he? Because he makes defend, he draws defenders to him. That opens up a bit of space for other people. No one was worrying about Oramangala. No one. Harry Toffolo knew that they should. <laughs> yeah,
1: fantastic. I mean, it's and it, you know, the, the the lad's stats in the championship were fantastic. He was, I think, he was probably in their team the year as O'Brien was, I think, as well. But O'Brien still. Still gets me, you know. I started up Football Manager the other day, as far as just to see what I'd do. And I was looking at how old Lewis O'Brien is and thinking how good and how many games he played for Huddersfield that league. I still think there's a player there. I I I hate it because I think like Scott McKenna, maybe somebody I love. We might be losing and stuff like that in the future. And people that I've got romantically attached to in some ways. Uh, but yeah, look, at the end of the day, it's whoever you know. If there's players you don't like, there'll be players you do like. They'll come. They'll go. Uh, talking of which, uh, Jamie, do you think we are potentially coming into that new part of the history of the Nottingham Forest uh, era where we are having to say goodbye to uh, Ryan Yates and Joe Worrell?
0: Well, I don't know about just yet. I mean, know with Ryan Yates, I don't think. Um, Joe Worrell I worry for a little bit more because I know he's club captain. Um, but, you know, when are we going to see him captain actually on the pitch again? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I I really like him. And I, and I do like Yates, and I think actually Yates does have something to offer still, in a way, um, you know. But,
1: but Jamie, Jamie, sorry to interrupt you, but what, at the minute, and it's not being harsh on them because they've already got it in the bank. It's like Stuart Pearce when he come back and you, you went, whatever happens as manager, which wasn't great in the end. He'd already got Psycho in the bank, as it were. And Joe and Ryan, I love Yates, I love Joe, I love both of them. Um, and we'd love to have a Nottingham lad in there, don't we? But at the minute, I reckon he's got to be about fifth choice, hasn't he? If everyone's fit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and then you're looking at potentially another centre-back coming in January. I mean, that could just be the final nail in the coffin, you know. Mm. Um, it's, I think the only reason they're actually there now is, again, it's probably because of availability a little bit and experience because you've got a lot of young defenders in there. You know, you've got your Armada mm. and your your, um, your Murillo's. Even Murillo needs someone who's a leader next to him, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um. But, but yeah, I mean, Yacy, yeah, I think I'll see next season, but... But, Joe, I don't know. What do you do with Joe Worrell and Ryan Yates? Do you, do you loan them out and then, or do you set? Because Joe's like, what, 26 now? 25, 26. It's,
1: diff- it's a different thing, I think, as well, when they're so attached to the club as well, the way they are. Because the loan to Rangers, you could argue, was a, was actually probably an experienced one, as much as i was quite surprised he came back and did what he did. But it's like when you're from that club and, you know, it's come back to so it's your home. And it's way. I think Yates, he's also got a bit of a minor problem because there's a lot of DMs in there who are solid as hell. Um, and I still like him coming on. It's not like I go, Christ, we're bringing on so-and-so is a problem. But um, Kieran, it's, it's a sort of smaller thing in a way. But I know um, Jamie was alluding to the talk of the Brazilian lad who's probably coming in January. He looks... An interesting article I saw where it says he's probably Forest long term future, whereas Murillo will make him the money because he'll go somewhere massive as it would be for money. But I, I'm still quite surprised I'm not hearing more. And it's probably because of the lack of availability of him in, in general of striker talk even at this stage, because I still think forests are pretty thin without um, a certain, you know, Nigerian up front.
2: Well, this is why we've got to be careful with how we talk about players like Joe Worrell and Ryan Yates, because actually what we do need up top at the minute is a good promising youth prospect. Mm, now, that might be shout. that might be in this instance someone that we have to buy in, but what we need is someone raw, hungry, content, to like no one's unless we splash another 35 40 million which i don't think is responsible um we're not going to bring anyone in ahead of taiwo we don't need someone ahead of taiwo like right now we just don't um chris wood has answered the critics for me uh he's he's proven himself another good solid understudy he he scored with his feet he scored with his head is he the most mobile, threatening player? No, no, he's not. But he he's a really good option for us off the bench. And then we've got an arsenal of wingers. I don't think bringing in another senior player is the answer in that position. So, again, that's why I want to be careful with how we treat the likes of Ryan Yates and Joe Worrell, because I think we're still going to need those lads, if you ask me. I think there's going to be moments that come up and they will live up to what we need them to be and they also serve as an example to the younger lads coming through as a route to this the first team in this club and that should not be sniffed at because otherwise we've got an academy that's just there It's it's,
1: it's a good point you made, Kieran it's made me think of a question really which is to I'll aim it at Jamie and they probably come to you with it as well Kieran so this is I'm kind of understanding when I'm asking this question why it was what it was, but there's been a lot of seasons, maybe the last ten, maybe even beyond, where there's nearly always been a Forest youth player, at least on the bench, or some young name. I'm thinking Swan. I'm thinking of, you know, um, oh God, I forgot the name, who's uh, back, Finn Back, and things like that, and all these players who are think Now, You just don't seem to see it as much. uh, Because obviously we've bought a lot of players. We've bought a lot of players who aren't our product. Is that a Premier League thing, Jamie, that you think that realistically your youth players have to be... We now have to be even better as youth players to get near that. Or are we now one of those teams who's going to be potentially loaning those lads out to lower divisions for a few seasons, seeing what they do, they rip it up? I've just noticed in the names that you're not getting as many, you know, people like Alex Might never had to go elsewhere, things like that, is, you know, the young, young ones, which we had to through necessity, are probably not a bit of a crap squad as it was in the past. Throw them in, blood them, Brereton probably would have had that chance anyway, like what you did, uh, if it was Premier League and stuff like that. But how do you feel about how the youth sort of sits underneath the club at the minute?
0: I don't know, because I think part of me feels a little bit bad for some of those lads that are in the academy, because, you know, sometimes you kind of look and you go, I don't think you you are going to get into this first team, you know, at this point in time. And obviously, you know, for some of them, this point in time isn't even a consideration. They could be working till the 22, 23 and beyond to try and get um, into a Forest team. But at the same time, will you get the chance till you're 22, 23? I don't really know. Um, You know, I think the world of football is ruthless as it is. And the world of Premier League football is probably the most ruthless and barbaric it can get. You know, and unless you're teams like Man City, who now have two games to spare in the Champions League where they can go and play a few of the younger lads, um, but in fairness to their younger lads, a lot of them would get into some, you know, lower table Premier League teams. Um, so the standard of the academy is a big, big thing. You know, is Forest Academy good enough to, to produce? You know, have we got a pool big enough in Nottingham or the surrounding areas to really find these gems? Do you know what I mean? Because you can understand why teams in London or Manchester or, you know, maybe even Newcastle at some point have um better players because of the culture there and um you know because of the fact that people want to move there and if they think their kids have got a good chance of getting into football move to these areas um but i don't know i think there's still chances but it's getting harder because our ambition is is massive massive the
1: the club's moved up haven't it so say say i would say i'm a I was gonna say YCS, I think it's back in the day. So I'm a youth player and like I, oh, I've got a chance for a championship club and I've seen other players move in and get that chance harbour or whatever it might be. And then the whole club moves up to the Premier League. And the club is now buying in all these players. Your 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 sort of destination is completely shifted. Kieran, what what do you think on it, mate?
2: I mean, that is exactly the problem that we faced. We've gone up a level and ultimately, as you've already alluded to, football is brutal. And there will be a need to improve the quality of not just players coming into the academy, but the footballing education that they receive. Because ultimately the the end destination for us is going to be different. That, that is a very different challenge that they will face to break into the, the first choice team. Uh, is that a case of you just got to throw more at the wall and hope more of it sticks maybe i don't know i'm not i'm not a youth coach i'm not going to pretend. that's why that's why i had ultimate faith in someone like gary brazil Mm. um there just is a case that the academy has to move in line with the rest of the club it had its status upgraded there was i don't know what's happened to it there were talks about the infrastructure around the academy uh being improved as well um like the actual buildings and whatnot where that's at, I don't know. That's Ross Wilson's job. Hopefully he's on that. And we'll just have to trust where that goes. But for the meantime, they, they need we do need to start seeing some of those players start creeping back up. Finback, he's out on loan, isn't he? Is he Carlisle? Um, a couple of the other lads. I was at the Nice game the, the other week. There are still some exciting lads in and around that team. Um and Brandon Aguilera is actually one of them as well. He 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 was playing amongst them. And it's just a different gravy. Um, There's the likes of Atif Kanate. Very promising. Very exciting. But you know what? I'm not Arsene Wenger. Me watching that, my opinion doesn't really mean much because, you know, I don't have a track record of picking him. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm not I'm Arsene coming. Wenger. It's my favourite <laughs>
1: quote you've ever done. Uh, I mean, it's, do you know, it's, it's funny because it's one that's never dawned on me. And I bet it hasn't dawned because we've all... Whether we whichever side of it we're on, we've all jumped on that roller coaster. Jesse Lingard, oh, Adidas Kids, we've all bought into it. However old and long in the tooth we are, or young and vibrant we are, whichever way you look at it, we've all gone bloody hell, Premier League. We've all had our moments where we've gone, God, this league's crap in it. Everyone's got an opinion on it, and everyone's like, I missed the championship, I miss Birmingham. And we've, I, I just realized I just took my eye off it where I was going, yeah, our, our bench used to be a lot of people. Where I was going, gonna have to look that one up. Going to see if they're on Football Manager, and oh, you know, keep an eye on them and stuff. And I just, I've just noticed it sort of changed quite a lot. Unless Swan was one of the ones that always thought looked like he was banging them in, and then it's just, you know, where is it now? And what's been gone with it? So we have to. Uh, let's be honest with you. Let's say there was a, there was a country in the world that you, for whatever reason, didn't like. Let's say you had a problem with Venezuela, and you just couldn't stand them. And you and the Forest team was made of eleven Venezuelans, and we won the European Cup. You won't give a fuck because <laughs> Forest won it. So this whole thing about homegrown. And one of our own. I love it. And I love it because you think it's one of us on the pitch. And I'll always love that. But we probably have to accept that's probably less and less going to be a thing we see if we stay in the Premier League longer, isn't it?
2: Yeah, homegrown in the sense of um, coming through our academy doesn't have to mean... Uh, no, born from, born from and Ball raised Ball well. yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah like, there's, there's, there's still room for that. Like, but I just want to see that conveyor belt continue. That's, that's as important um, to the future of this club. As it, and we have got Steve Cooper in charge. Like uh, yeah. if you if you're gonna have the uh, a World Cup youth winning manager at the top of your club, mm. give him the tools that he's really used to working with.
1: Oh, like, then there needs, to
2: be, there needs to be that um, that opportunity to come through.
1: Well, let's see if he survives the West Ham away. Um, so no, I'm joking. I like to just throwing the little bombs every now and then. I, you know, I love Steve Cooper. I would drive him anywhere in the world to get a Big Mac where he wants to go. Not because I want him sacked, anyway. Uh, so let's talk about Sunday really, really briefly, Jamie. It is a proper mid-table tussle, uh, and I'm saying it because she's in the next room, in case she hears me. Can we catch up with Chelsea again, our mid-table rivals? Um, but yeah, what are you thinking about West Ham um, coming up on the weekend? Because uh, last year was fucking shit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we just capitulated, didn't we? I didn't think we were that bad throughout the most of the game, and then mm. all of a sudden, Danny Ings just steps up and boom—you ruin my, you know, you ruin my day in London. So, mm. um, you ruin my day out, Danny Ings. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough, um, because I, you never know what to expect from West Ham. They're either going to have an absolute stinker, um, mm. or they're going to kind of just bulldoze you, or you might get a one-one draw, which is kind of what I'm predicting. Um, but you know, I. I don't know. I think the Aston Villa game takes a little bit of pressure off that um, as much. But at the same time, I think we'll be wanting a point minimum. Um, But, you know, Everton went there and beat them 3-1 a few weeks ago, I think. Um, So anything's possible. I just don't know what to expect, to tell you the truth. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I was trying to try and make up some uh, Gary Barlow thing there, saying it'd be nice to see if a one of you is in the team and if he's back for good, which would be great. So, Kieran, um, are you sure? So sure. I'm dropping all the Take That song, as no one knows now. Um, yeah, are you, we should I get think...
2: paid for this, really, because they do have a gig at the stadium. So... I don't know, we'll do, we'll do it just oh, before.
1: But I think we have, just called him, we have just called him a Tory and one of them a, um, a very midgety small man. So, I don't know. What... <laughs> um, Kieran, uh, what are you thinking about Sunday coming up?
2: I'm thinking West Ham have to play on Thursday night. They have to play against the club and that they could really do us a favour and soften them up a little bit for us. That would be fantastic lads, but whether or not it's a tough battle or not, it's tough ask for these clubs. And this is why we should also, again, be careful what we wish for. Cause if we climb too quickly and then get into that, you know, that bracket where we have a conference league game, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, and you're suddenly playing Thursday, Sunday, and whatever else the the rest of the schedule dictates. It is it's taxing. It's taxing on a squad. West Ham not the youngest squad. I think they mm. they've got a few uh, older heads in there. I'm I'm hopeful, but let's see how tomorrow night goes for them uh, in Europe, and then I'll really get excited. But why not? I I we could beat anyone. We could beat anyone.
1: Yeah, but you know full well that if we got anywhere near that European stuff, Papa Maranakis is going to have to go to absolutely batshit, isn't he? We're going to be getting Ibrahimovic in. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be all that kind of stuff going on. Um, so yeah, we're, so give me a score prediction, of Jamie. I know you don't like doing them, but I, I've gone for two one. Forest, a sneaky, sneaky two one.
0: I'm going to go one one. Just play it safe. All
1: right, okay. You play it safe though, and you. That's <laughs> good. I was going to say on your bugle. Go on, Gary, to come by. to that in a yeah, no, go on then. Um, Kieran, what are you go for? Uh, one 0 Tie nice. Nice one. Um, thank you, chaps, for the chat about that and the game coming up. We just uh, say, we've. Uh, I'm sure everyone's been doing it and jumping on it as well, but uh, we want to shout out to uh, Caden. Obviously, he was uh, at the game on Sunday, because I tell you what, the only thing, I could, it's all very well going, you know, oh, I must have been terrible and bloody by that. And it must have been a you know, young kid and we you know what social media is bloody like and you know, you've been waiting ages to do it. But as someone who has performed in some places and got the old guitar out and tried to warble a bit, it's bloody scary and it's, you know, Kieran, I know you've done your acting stuff as well in the past as well. And it's like when everyone's looking at you and stuff like that and it means a lot and you're wearing your club colours. So my heart sunk the moment he had that bit of a fluff on it because I was thinking, oh God, son, no, you know what I mean? Just for him because I feel what he would feel. Uh, but I tell you what it has done for me, it's just warmed my cockles to the end of, when I've watched it back, the amount of times I could see Murillo looking at people like, can I go to him? He's almost like on the edge of that centre circle and he wanted to get over. And then Ollie Watkins as well, you know, good on him. It's, It's one of those good stories. The world is full of absolute crap at the minute and people in pain and in agony and god knows what and uh i'm sure you won't listen to this cadings i'm probably sure you're doing really much cooler stuff than us uh, doing our podcast but if you are uh you've got all of our backing and um we hope that you come and play again at another one of these or something like that or especially enjoy your time out with the club as well so uh we've got about three minutes left so i'm going to use that as my actual uh, official line on this unless either of you have got some comment on that to make no you're going to shake your heads at me no you're good kieran <laughs> good no, yeah, that's it. So uh, we haven't done the uh, limericks this week. So I was going to wonder if either of us could make one of them up on the spot about the Villa game. Just start off and see how it goes.
2: Well, your man Capenosti functions got one in the uh, in the inbox. Has he? He has, mate. He has. I haven't seen it. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to find it.
1: Uh No, I've just changed my phone, Kieran, so I can't actually uh, go and see that account in the We've got two and a half minutes. Can you read it out for us, please?
2: Right, right, right. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me log in. It's, it's coming to you again.
1: Oh, this is proper pockets. And I'll try and do one in the meantime. The Reds, <laughs> the Reds took on the Villa, who stormed in like Godzilla. They had fire in their eyes. And they had tired thighs because they have just played away at Sevilla. No, they hadn't. That's annoying. Go on, Kieran. What you got? Uh,
2: Well, I've got nothing. But uh, like
1: I said... Well, it's very, must- very <laughs> honourable of you that you didn't steal it. Yeah, go on. Yeah.
2: Uh, here we go. He's got one for Villa, one for Liverpool. And this was his one for, for the Villa. The city ground shook loud and true as we overcame Emery's crew. The team executed the plan. All the players bigged up a young fan. Forrest, you're sometimes awful, but I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, I don't yeah, think,
1: it, are... I don't think it, I'm going to blame you for the way you read it, Kieran, that it wasn't a uh, limerick, but I, I loved it. And it's just become who would have thought, Jamie, that, you know, when you started this journey into the stuff you're doing with the media and forest you'd be sat with me and Kieran listening to poetry coming from such a beautiful place?
0: I yeah. dreamed of this moment. I dreamed oh, of
1: this moment. You dreamed that. And, uh, <laughs> I did. Yeah. That's the way it is. <laughs> um, never, ever, Jamie, ever forget where you're coming from. Uh, so oh. that's it. We are going to be back next week after the West Ham game. It's been a pleasure. Jamie, enjoy your trip to London if you're going. Kieran, are you going?
2: Uh, I am not.
1: Well, London's going to be absolutely crazy on the weekend so it's probably a good idea not to do that so uh, and uh, let's have it come off your mics chaps a massive you Reds you Reds,
2: Reds.